You're listening to a podcast by Change My Relationship, featuring licensed marriage and family therapist and author, Carla Downing. These podcasts are designed to provide you with practical solutions based on biblical truths for all your relationships. Today, Carla will be interviewing a guest who has experienced a relationship problem and successfully worked through it. Welcome to Change My Relationship podcast. This morning, I have two women with me. I have Elizabeth and I have Kathleen, and they are going to talk to us about their stories of finding out that they were married to men with Asperger's. They're going to give us their own stories, but then we're going to talk about some of the ways that somebody listening might be able to recognize patterns in their own marriages that may also be an indication that they might be dealing with somebody with Asperger's. Might be that hidden key that they've been looking for and trying to figure out what is going on. Something's wrong, but I don't really know what it is. So welcome, Kathleen. Good morning, Carla. Elizabeth and I really appreciate you providing this time for us so that we may share our stories with other women. Oh, thank you. Hopefully it's going to touch them because as you'll see, each of us was going through our marriages and the years that we were experiencing, we had nothing to hang on to. We had we were reaching for the stars and could not find one. Uh-huh. Um, Cooper and I were married in 2001, and it truly was an ideal dating courtship. I mean, you could not have found a more perfect gentleman who was attentive. I was his special interest. He had time for me. We would talk about things, talk about scriptures, pray together, talk about what we wanted to do in the future. And uh, the engagement ring went on my finger. We celebrated had a beautiful wedding in Cancun, came home, and within that first year, everything was still on par, and then it was like bit by bit, I was seeing a different man. As the marriage progressed, I kind of felt like we were uh, a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde relationship. As I look back, what I was seeing was what typically happens and as i read we were a typical neurodiverse relationship marriage where the man the aspie man has got this ability to camouflage and mask he knows the script and role of dating in courtship and once you say i do and come home then he takes this big breath of relief and he starts letting that mask drop piece by piece and you start to see the authenticity of Asperger's. You don't know what that is. You just know that uh, how I explain it, it was like living in a world that was the combination of Twilight Zone, Groundhog Day, and Outer Limits. We understand, women understand, men are uh, from Mars and women are from Venus. And we understand that we're right brain, we understand that they're left brain, that this is a galaxy beyond anything we've ever been taught in science. It has its own language and its own behavior. And you are really caught in this perplexed state of wondering what you are involved in. I would cry. I would come to this kitchen counter and cry every morning for years. Years. I mean, we were like 10 plus years married. I was crying out to God, what is this? I would turn to friends and family and I would explain to them and they would, typical, it must be you, Kathleen, because he is just a wonderful man. He is so nice. He is so generous. So there must be something going on with you. And those little bits and pieces of doubt start to prey on your mind and you start to doubt and you start to question your own reality. And then you turn to um, help with the newer, t- the, not, what is typical therapy, as I have grown to know it, and you go to them, and then they want to do personality tests. And you go, no, this, this is not personality. I'm telling you, this is something I've not ever experienced. Well, one day I came in here, and I was crying out to God, and I felt the Holy Spirit lead me to contact the ministry for a prayer request. And I Googled them and pulled it up, and there it was on the front page, this praise report. 
because this couple that founded the ministry had a son-in-law who had just been diagnosed with Asperger's. And I'm like, I've never heard of that. I have, you know, vaguely heard of autism, but never heard of Asperger's. And as I kind of read his story, I thought, well, there's a familiar taste to that. And so then I Googled Asperger's and started to go down the checklist. And it was like, yes, 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 yes. And at that point, God had answered my prayer. And I was so excited to share this with Cooper because now we had an answer to what was going on. It didn't work that way. He was um, very resistant, volatile. We had a meltdown and I backed up only to regather my strength and come forward again. I was on a mission. I was going to figure out what was going on and how we were going to make this marriage work. It took about two plus years of getting him to a point where he was then willing to uh, think about being evaluated. In the meantime, he had me promise not to say anything to either side of the family. And uh, I kept that promise. And as I kept asking him, encouraging him to get a referral to what I thought neuropsychologist would have been a good, a good means to connect into uh, with his insurance company, he kept, coming back, he kept coming back saying, well, no, I couldn't get that referral. No, they didn't return a call to me. And I'm like, hmm, that's odd. So we were up at my daughter's house. And I have two daughters that are in this field. One's an LCSW and the other has her doctorate in psychology. And we were at her house on a weekend. And out of the clear blue, she said, oh, I have something interesting to share with you, Mom. I'm starting a new division in my work. I said, oh, what is that? She says, I am testing, evaluating, and doing therapy with people on the autism spectrum. And I said, really? She said, yes, you know, Asperger people. I said, yes, I've heard that terminology. And then it was like the dam broke. I thought, promise be damned. I'm done with this. I need help. And, I and she worked for Kaiser. She has one of the psychology departments within Kaiser. And I said, I think Cooper's an Asperger. And I need help. And we can't get a referral. And I just let it all out. And she said, um, she understood she was knew how to handle this and she says i have a car she says i can't do it she says it would be unethical but she says i do have a colleague that i think would be very good with cooper and she says i think the two of you gentlemen need to meet cooper and um let's see what happens so she gave me the name the phone number when we left our house and went home it was an all-out war because i had violated my promise to him no no you go through 10 plus years of this craziness. How did you care that I had violated your promise? In my eyes, it was like, well, then you will need to learn to come to forgiveness, forgive me, and we're moving forward. And basically with me, it was the marriage that was on me. I had given my second mile. I had turned my second cheek. I had gone through this lack of empathy, this lack of theory of mind, I mean, the craziness that goes through this, it was either you want me and you want this marriage to move forward, then we have got to move forward with what Asperger's is and is not. And I said, and we need to go from there. He did it. He did it. We met with the doctor. We spent an entire morning with him. And uh, at, towards the end of the session, you know, Cooper looked at me and he says, well, then am I an Asperger? And it was kind of humorous as he looked at Cooper and said, well, you know the old saying, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, pretty much a duck. <laughs> <laughs> but then he asked him, he says, can you accept this? And he said, yes. In hindsight, what I come to realize, part of Cooper's resistance was that he interpreted Asperger's to be equated to retardation. Yes. And he could not come to terms with how he could graduate from med school with honors and be retarded in the same breath. Right. And we had to explain to him that it has nothing to do with your intellect. As a matter of fact, 
Asperger's are very uh, normal to high intellect people. They're very gifted, brilliant people. Right. It's a relational disorder, yes, not, a, yeah. not an intellect disorder. So then I started to Google some famous people who were rumored to be or had been diagnosed with Asperger's. And I said, well, here's your homies. Here's your club of people. See how well they excel? And that worked. Then our next obstacle was finding somebody who too, truly understood Asperger's. Now, a lot of therapists seem to have a relative. So because they've had a brother, sister, niece, or nephew, they think they're equipped to handle this. And they're not. I mean, you really have got to be educated and understand how that Aspie mind works and how it will not work. And um, through trial and error and a portfolio of people, we did come across somebody in Orange County. And we also came across a pastor who was well-versed in Asperger's. So we started a combination, a tag team of therapy, counseling, and inner healing. Because there's a lot uh, that comes through. The, our husbands came from parents uh, because it's an inherited genetic disorder who were the parents, one if not both, and then siblings will also have it. And they're very isolated people. They're very much loners. Hooper was a family of six siblings, two parents. One per parent pretty much predominant in Asperger. The other shows traits. And then the whole spectrum of what Asperger's can be among six, six um, siblings. That formed a dynamic for him. That's a learned behavior. There was no intervention or therapy for these children as our husbands were growing up. So what they observed, they absorbed, that became their law of first. And that's the dynamic they bring into our marriage. And know how are we going to be like their mom? Or are we going to want to um, uh, behave like she behaved? So now you've got this disorder absolutely ripping two people apart that are in two different worlds. The therapist that we have is able to understand this. And it's like he said, he has the patience to, and we witnessed as we've been with him for five and a half years. He can unpack it and break it down to little itsy bitsy pieces and then feed it to Cooper in such a way that he will receive it. Because otherwise there's a lot of resistance. That's hopeful, thinking that he was at least willing to come to that place where he admits that he has it and now you're working on it. Let's hear from Elizabeth. Hi, Carla. Thank you for having us. Can you give us your story in your marriage? How did you come to figure out that your husband was dealing with Asperger's? I had heard of Asperger's but didn't know what it was or what it entailed. God in his faithfulness, as I was come to realize later, was already heading me towards that path. But for years, I didn't know what it was. In our courting stage was just absolutely wonderful. I saw some funny little quirks here and there, but I kind of discarded it or just didn't really know what it was. I thought it was just basically that he had a very strong mind which he does. He's very strong-minded, very articulate, very smart. So I kind of put those aside and didn't really trust my instinct or my, my gut. I was to find out later after we were married, we were married in 1995, that after we were married, then a year, not I wouldn't even say a year into our marriage, uh, something was very off and I couldn't, did not know what it was. And so I think what happened was my husband felt very comfortable and let his mask down because now he was married. He didn't have to play his role anymore. What happened is how I started to find out inkling, God started putting people on my path is I have a very close girlfriend that I've known for years. Her son was diagnosed with Asperger's and he was seven years old. Didn't really go into depth about that, but I remember her coming to my house specifically the day that he got a diagnosis and talking with her on the porch about that, not knowing that that was also in my feet, well, was already there. So that was the first person. I would say the next thing was, I remember specifically at 42, I felt like I was coming apart, literally, emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, in every single way. 
I was reading all these books and nothing was adding up. Nothing was making sense. When I would talk to other girlfriends and I didn't talk to a lot of them very exclusively, what was going on, nobody could relate to or understand what was going on. It was their eyes would get as big as saucers. And I thought, okay, this is just not normal. Make a long story short, I ended up putting myself in Christian counseling. I had a wonderful, wonderful Christian counselor and about three and a half years into counseling, she found out one of her family members had Asperger. And so that was the start of my road to identifying it. But before I even knew that, before she even told me, I walked in and I said, I don't know why I'm telling you this, and I don't even know anything about it, but I think my husband has Asperger's. And her eyes got as big as saucers, and she looked at me, and she said, right now, we're in process of getting my nephew diagnosed for Asperger's. And she said, I think with everything that's been going on in your marriage, that this is a huge possibility. She said, I think we should explore it. And so then she had me start reading books. I read a book on Asperger's and the lights just went off every single thing. It went ding, ding, ding. And I went, this is it. This is what it is. I read the whole book that whole week. And I went in the next week and I said, I think we're definitely onto something. From there, she chose to have a support group of women, neurotypical women for Asperger husbands. That was part of my therapy. One week we would go in, the women as a group, and then the next week after that, then we would just do therapy. Her and I would do therapy. Now, did you try to talk to your husband and get him to recognize that he had Asperger's? Yes, I did. And very, still even to this day, absolutely opposed to it flat out refuses to even accept or acknowledge that he is on the spectrum or has Asperger's. As a matter of fact, we don't even talk about it. He flat out told me, I never want to talk about this. Do not ever bring this subject up to me. We should just note that prior to 2013, there were two different disorders. There was autism and there was Asperger's. In 2013, they changed it in the DSM and it became the autism spectrum, where you're on the spectrum. You'll hear people say that. And that just means that somewhere between severe autism and Asperger's, where you're, you know, can be highly functional. And you're saying, I believe you said, Kathleen, that your husband, they don't like being called no. on the spectrum. They'd rather be Aspies or Asperger's. Correct. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, so just to let you know, but we're calling it Asperger's because it is Asperger's. One of the main differences is with autism, you have the lack of language and cog cognitive skills where Asperger's, you're going to have somebody who's fully functioning and as you said, often very bright and gifted. And there are no problems with actual language but there are problems with pragmatics and social interactions. So at this point, why don't you guys give us, for the people listening, what are some of the main things that you're going to notice in a relationship with somebody that has Asperger's? Well, it's interesting because I read once where they said the definition of Asperger's is self. And that's what, you, that's what the wife was going to first experience. You're so self-centered. You're, self -so, you're so self-absorbed. Everything centers around you. <clears throat> Why that is, is because an Asperger lacks theory of mind. They do not have the ability, and I emphasize that, they do not have the ability to understand somebody else's beliefs, interests, desires, or perspectives other than their own. So their world is centered around what they believe, how they interpret. You're on the outside somewhere. If you as the wife press in to be a part of their world or have them to become a part of your world, which now we're talking about relational, then how they assess it is you, the wife, have the problem. You're the one that's making the problem for me. Your expectations are unrealistic. They're unreasonable. And then they give you that one final blow. You need to go get help. This is your problem, not mine. They don't understand the concepts of relationship. I get that. What hit me the hardest with Cooper was the communication. 
their lack of being able to communicate effectively. What happens in our marriage is that he'll talk in very, very vague generalities, but he wants me to talk in very specifics and ask the man needs very specific directions and needs you to talk very specifically with him. He'll talk in pronouns of he, she, they, those. I have the slightest clue who she is, who they is, who they are, what them is, nothing. They set that up so that you then have to use your energy to drag out the details from them. The other thing that we experience with him is his facial expressions, that communication. Often when he's communicating and speaking, his face is telling you one story. The tonality of his voice is somewhere else, and his body language is then in another place. So you've got this disconnect going on all at the same time, and you're not knowing what to believe. He can be very abrupt and curt, rude, and not be aware that that is going on or that he's being offensive to somebody. So those are the ways that it affects our communication. At times he can be, he's speaking to me, but it's very robotic, very monotone, and it sounds just like something mechanical. And I've said to him, I said, uh, early in our relationship, I said, when I interact with you, I can almost taste the tin, the metal. It's so robotic. Or he may swing to another direction, and then you get the, the melodic sing-song voice. Hello, or leave, you know, those type of inflections that are not normal in communication. They tend to be very immature. So in their dialogue with you and in their interaction, you're going to almost feel like you're dealing with someone who could be 10 years old, 12 years old, 13 years old. So they're all, their emotional IQ hits a certain level, then it becomes arrested there. And then uh, Elizabeth, what about you? For me, also, obviously, communication was a big thing, but very different. My husband is very, very articulate but in his conversation, but he can't follow a normal conversation beyond, hi, how are you? He doesn't grasp those concepts. To him, when you're having a conversation, it has to be very logical. You have mm-hmm. to have short answers. They have to be fact-based fact or scientific based. It can't have any emotion in it because he doesn't understand or grasp emotions at all. And a lot of times what happens too in my conversations or communication with him is he will take things that I say literally. Oh yes. And he doesn't understand, like he doesn't grasp or understand when people are joking. Um, He doesn't understand people's personal space. He will get in their personal space very close to them. And it's very awkward for other people, but he doesn't understand. He doesn't, he literally doesn't understand that, that he's in their personal space. You're saying you had, you you noticed struggles socially with other people in your life and that was uncomfortable. And it was uncomfortable for them. And in the beginning, it was uncomfortable for me also, too. But now I've just kind of learned that to go with the flow on that. And I don't let it bother me anymore. But I could tell that it is, it bothers other people. And and they have said and made comments to me, different things about, you know, I was having this conversation with your husband and it was very inappropriate. I told him that it was very inappropriate and he got really offended or he didn't like what I had to say to him when I spoke the truth to him. And your comment is? I usually just don't say anything and just smile. Because it's his issue, right? Yes. You don't tell people, well, he's Asperger's and- uh, No, no. You don't feel comfortable saying that because he's not divulging that. Unless it were a close friend that you were, or somebody that you were getting help from or supporting. Yes. Yeah. And that's, yes. and yeah, that's probably why you guys are really involved in your church. So you've got to be careful that you're not saying that about him and having it get back to him because he's very resistant to being. Yes. Aspie. Aspie. Yes. So, well, you, you know, Carla, the other thing with that is that there's still a stigma about it. I mean, we understand it, but as you try to introduce it to, like I tried going to a pastor in our church and he said, and he says, I've heard of, but I don't really know about it. And as you try to explain it to them, uh, they don't really understand that this is a very mentally gifted person, a very brilliant person. It's a 
relational issue and how that works. I know with my husband being a doctor, we get feedback from people who just don't understand his lack of eye contact or that he doesn't have that warm, fuzzy bedside manner. And so they just will ridicule him. And if you try to explain to them, it just gets lost. Within these last half a years that we've been able to see things like Big Bang Theory, where you see Sheldon Cooper, Mm -hmm. you know, dorky, he's geeky, you know he's got Aspie traits, but how he can function, or the good doctor, or like the middle, with they had the child brick, you know. So it's starting to be introduced to society. It's how well they're going to grasp it and understand it. Yeah, and then when they put them on the spectrum, the confused, I think that added a little more confusion because it, it is extremely large when you say on the spectrum, and then it confuses the autism with the Asperger. Some of the main things a woman might notice in her marriage if she is not can't figure out what's going on, but it could be Asperger's, would be husband taking things literally the social strains, things are just kind of off when he's interacting with people. He just maybe seems kind of odd or like you said. And then what are some of the other basic things that she would know? Well, it's, again, the lack of theory in mind. He's not going to understand your perspective, your desires, and your interests. He's going to be focused on himself. That's their safe spot. I think that's why they're so self-centered. That is where they're safe. Our world is very foreign to them as much as their world is foreign to us. Um, The other thing that they'll experience is that lack of reciprocal empathy. He cannot feel my pain. I can remember when we were first married and I was going through ordeals with my, my family, I would just be crying my heart out and he would just sit there and look at me like I was an object. There was no ability to understand that he should get up and give me a hug or compassion or any of the things that a woman looks for. He just literally said, well, I don't know what to do with her when she behaves like that. You see, that's the problem. Look how she's behaving. So you're going to see things like that. You're going to see a lot of gaslighting, a lot of uh, stonewalling, a lot of shutdowns and the meltdowns. We call them temper tantrums, but they are not. It's that their brain can only absorb so much relationally, and then it just gives way and they kind of go berserk with it. And I mean, I saw a grown man behave in ways that my children, when I had them growing up, didn't behave. And that was just, it can be scary. You don't know what to do with it. Elizabeth, what are some of the things that you recognize as fairly common in Asperger's, in the marriage relationship? I think a couple of things that I wanted to talk about was, this could be either or, but either they excessively talk where they literally take over the conversation with somebody and they they are not aware of that they're talking about a special interest and people are not tuning in after a certain point in time because it's getting so the conversation is getting so long and specific that people are either tuning out and getting bored or they just can't understand and relate to what they're saying because it's so technical. So that's one of the things that I noticed. Another thing also too, and this can all vary, they're, they're very sensitive to textures. Mm. So it could be clothing, it could be food, it could be, there's also light and sound sensitivities too. And that can vary from person to person with Asperger. But those were definitely forefronts for me. There was a couple of times that I had gone and bought my husband some clothes or some sheets, and I had to take them back because he couldn't handle the texture of the clothes. I had never really heard of that or seen that before. Food has to be paired Mm -hmm. precisely. Temperature has to be precise. And I think that falls into their routine. Growing up with with my boys throughout the years, we always ate dinner. We had a routine when they came home from school, did their homework, had dinner ready at a certain time, had shutdown time at a certain time. I knew people kept schedules, but it was beyond keeping a schedule. It's rigid. Yeah. There's a rigidity to their routine because, again, it creates predictability, and predictability for them allows them to feel safe. 
Yes. And I think that that one's fairly common, don't you think? Along with the social, yeah. the, I, are they social? Do they have friends? My husband has one friend and, and the, the therapist will question about that. You know, why don't you branch out? Well, and his response is, I have one very best friend. I have my medical assistants in the office and I have Kathleen. I don't need anything else social. And this, but see, the social then is relational and relational is very difficult for them to navigate through. The other thing, if I may share that goes along with Asperger's, it doesn't appear that it's in and of itself the one diagnosis. There seems to be the dual diagnosis that come into play with it. And that could be the attention deficit, bipolar, depression, anxiety disorders, and a lot of stress, attachment disorders, and dissociation. Their coping mechanism where they do feel safe, and this is what's unfortunate, is they tend to go into video gaming, they go into pornography, things that are addictive behaviors. The compulsiveness, it's like doing that. Yeah compulsiveness there's a right. uh, kind of a like you said with the rigidity a little bit of is is that obsessive compulsive kind of thing doing the same thing the same way um, but definitely the social struggles the relational struggles are really different uh, so what about sex is it affected oh yes and this is very interesting my husband is very romantic I mean he's just delightful but he has a very low sex drive for him, if he had sex once or twice a year, it's good. That's all that's needed. But where he channeled it was the addiction to pornography. Oh, boy. And that, yeah, and that was the whole, that was difficult in tearing that down, working through it. Uh, again, you know, the sex drive is there. But with a woman, a female, human, that's relational. And then there's the sensory issues. If he can go into pornography, that's fantasy world. And that's the, uh, that's the other one I was thinking about, gaming, the video gaming. Drinking is another one where because it either calms them or releases the inhibitions that they have. And I'll let Elizabeth share well, uh, her husband. So with my husband, he has a very, very high sex drive. I mean, he probably could have it every single day. But then he is not romantic at all. Zero. There's no romance in there at all. It was just very, it falls along with the Asperger spectrum of routine. It almost becomes like task oriented. Yes. Let's have, yes. it's like something to check off the list. Okay, we're having sex and it's not making love. It's just like this, we're having sex. And okay, now we've had sex today. Okay, let's move on. We're having, now tomorrow we have sex, right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> a little bit uh, a little bit different that and that's problematic for the wife because you feel like you're not being you're not being loved at some point yes. you feel like you're being used and they don't seem to understand the foreplay but it's important yeah. to a woman yes and the women i think can tend to feel objectified mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they don't understand they don't understand why you would feel that way Everything is kind of from their perspective and their view, not being able to get outside of that and hear yeah. and understand and empathize with the other person's view. Because with the rigidity, it's their view, their world, and you should yes. get it. And if you don't, they can't get you. Is that my yes. summarizing that up fairly well? Very well. Yes. Firecracker and the crock pot. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen has the crock pot. I have the firecracker. <laughs> <laughs> We haven't figured out how to combine the two yet. Yes. I don't know that that's possible. And you guys have listed here lack of hygiene. That one perplexes me. How does that fall in? Oh, well, my situation, there was lack of hygiene. He didn't understand why there was a need to wash your hair on a regular basis. Albeit, he had 12 shampoo bottles all lined up in the shower. Okay. All half, that's his collection, you know, his... Uh, but didn't understand the need for that on a daily basis or to shower on a daily basis or, or take a bath. And, and um, those first years, I finally said, look, you know what? Either you get in the shower, the bathtub, or I'm going to go before the whole church and let them know. Oh, oh, no. I want the women to understand just what they're reduced to. You know? <laughs> and to let them know that they're not bad because they've hit that rock bottom limit. That's an interesting yeah. one. I've never heard 
anyone say that they're going to go before the church with the fact that <laughs> no, I is here. Desperate. <laughs> I was <laughs> desperate, Carla. I with COVID, with, he did improve. He did improve, I must say that. But with COVID now, there is that need for when he comes home, he has to come, you know, strip down, wash his hair, grab, you know, go into the bath or the shower and completely clean himself so he's not bringing home anything, you know, to me. Uh, so that's been a real help. Or then you get the obsessive compulsive Aspie man and he's cleaning everything, every little nook and cranny. Right. Yep, that, yeah, definitely. And, that, and then that also is an extreme. You can say, oh, great, I have somebody that's cleaning, but it always comes to an extreme. It's not a, it's not a balance. Right. And another thing that you have written here is that they won't admit they're wrong. Do you know that's something I've come to understand, too, what that means to them? As a matter of fact, that happened just this um, last week in our therapy session. The therapist was talking about inductive reasoning with my husband. And he just sat there and he said, this is one more thing that's wrong with me. Everything is taken to uh, black or white. There doesn't seem to be a gray matter for them. So being able to confront them like that, just they take it to extremes. It's not that this just needs to be an area where it needs an adjustment or correction. It's what's wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. What did you have here, void of executive function in common sense areas? What do you mean by that? This is where the two marriages differ. With my husband, he's brilliant, but he cannot manage, he cannot organize. And I have to staff him with an office who can do that for him and take over those responsibilities. Even in his most, in his packing a suitcase, he can't organize it. And I'd asked him, I said, did they ever teach you in preschool how to stack blocks? No, wasn't an interest. It has no ability to do that. What about yours, Elizabeth? Uh, my husband is very, very organized. Everything is organized. He's got an organizer. He's got a planner. Days, times, date. Keeps everything on a schedule, not only in business, but also we do a little bit of that too in our home. We know when everything is due, everything's on a calendar and or a planner. What kind of woman is attracted to an Asperger man? Obviously not even realizing she's being attracted to an Asperger man. What have you guys found out in that? There appears to be two different women. In the research and the reading that I have come up with, you're either going to come across a woman who has come from a family of origin where she has already experienced trauma. She's already programmed to do a high tolerance of frustration and get very little in return for it. She comes from parents who there's been narcissism, alcoholism, some incest, some rape, but major dysfunctions where she is already experiencing ongoing trauma. Or you get the other woman who's come from a very nurturing, loving family of origin, and this is just not on her radar. She connects with the Aspie man who knows how to court and date and put that mask on. They're pros at camouflaging. And then she thinks that she's found a mate who is very similar to the family of origin that she comes from. When the honeymoon wears off, then her trauma begins. You said it here that both women will feel frauded and sideswiped. Yes, and I hear that. I read through the books, and that's what the woman will you were, you frauded me, you lied to me, you deceived me. And uncannily, before I even knew all this, that is what I said to my husband. I said, this is the biggest case of fraud I have ever experienced. What you led me to believe and what you are authentically sharing with me, again, it's like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I said, I've been previously married. I had spent 10 years prior to him really recovering and healing myself. I didn't need to step into this. I said, why, why? Why did you lead me to believe? He said, because I loved you and I, and they tend to draw to a, a woman who's very good at managing because typically they cannot manage. He said, I felt safe. What is this? You said both types of women will experience ongoing traumatic relationship syndrome. That is a trauma. Unlike PTSD, which is like an outside force that comes in and traumatizes the person. This is an internal. This is a relational internal 
trauma because you're constantly with someone who cannot reciprocate what should happen in a relationship and that creates the trauma and it is ongoing trauma it's like why am i not achieving with this with you again in my rock bottom moment with my husband i literally said this to him i said when you were a child did some alien being come in and take you up in the mothership where they sucked out your brain matter and put something in there and brought you back to earth because I have never in my life. Now, I was older. We both were older when we got married. I was not a young teen. I was, I, I had been around men. I had experienced men. This was something I had never experienced. I mean, I regret saying those words, but I do want our listeners to understand that if you are experiencing that and you're feeling that you're not alone, that is going to be your natural traumatic response. Finances. What about finances? Do they do a good job with that? Mine, no. I do. I handle the finances. He's what he's good at, because you know they tend to like gaming, and I won't. I won't um, support the gaming. But I said, you know what you can do? You can learn to trade. I said we can give you some trading classes in the stock market, and you can play with that. We'll give you a little bit of an account, and let's see what you do with it. He's extremely good at that but he can't budget. You know, if he has a, if he has a hundred dollars, he'll spend it five different ways and still think he has a hundred dollars left over. I manage that. Elizabeth, what about your husband in finances? My husband is very, very good with finances. He knows everything about the finances. He's very much, I would say very conservative and very saving. So we don't have a problem. He doesn't seem to have a problem with finances. Is he rigid with you and like in how you are allowed to spend finances? Oh, absolutely. He is. Yes. Yes. And always has been. I take care of all of our home bills. And so we have a budget for that and we know exactly what it is. And we keep track of that. And we go over that probably at least once or twice a year to update it, know what's coming in and what's going out. And the same thing with the business also too. Let's flip to what your husbands are experiencing. As you're discovering that they're, they have this thing called Asperger's and you're trying to put requests and demands on them that you need as a normal wife, as a normal woman, what is their perception of what you're doing? They're, do they think you're like asking them to do too much? Are they resentful about the demands? Do they, do they get it? Or is this just kind of like, what are you doing to me? What are you asking of me? At first, that's the natural response was with Cooper. You're unreasonable. You're unrealistic. You need to go get help. They'll tell you this is not normal. Over the years of ongoing therapy, his brain is being reprogrammed to understand it better than he did before. We just keep operating in degrees of acceptance, what he is willing to accept. For me, it's like, um, I need to see the ongoing effort. I'm not, ask, I'm not asking for him to be perfect. I'm asking for adjustments to be made. And it's like I've said, you know, you're not the only one that's, that's being requested to make adjustments. I'm making adjustments too. My ideals are having to be rearranged and refocused and adjust this so that we can meet somewhere. In the middle. In the middle, or as close to the middle as we could possibly find to yeah. make it um, as pleasant for both of us. And then Elizabeth, what about yours? How, do, how has your husband received your requests for him to change? He hasn't. He has not received my requests. So I'm constantly adjusting all the time every day because of his refusal to admit that there is anything going on with him. So every day is a different day into what's going on. But I will say that we do have a commonality um, as far as, as having a family and raising a family and being married. There is that common bond right there that we do have in our beliefs. So I try to, um, I try to really remember that, um, that it's really, I don't think anything personal. It's just that he cannot grasp the concepts. So you've just had to accept that there's going to be a lot of things that you don't get. 
yes marriage and you're trying yes. to make it as functional but i know you have set boundaries with certain things that are unacceptable and yes. required him at times to go to counseling yes so yes. There, this doesn't mean we're not giving anybody the impression that you are stuck and that you can not ask for anything or do the normal, speak the truth, you know, set boundaries, yes. take care of yourself. I would imagine self-care is huge, very high in terms of what you need to do to take care of yourself. All of the principles that I teach in my classes would be appropriate, right? Self-care, speaking the truth, setting boundaries, getting support. Now you guys took this and you created a support group. Can you tell us about that? Yes. By Ask Thee and Me is our little, our little group. And, and my husband Cooper and I started that because we were part of other support groups, non-Christian groups, secular groups. And it created more depression and more frustration for us than it did support. They tend to be more wife-oriented. And these women are so full of hostility and rage for what they're going through that they need a place to let off steam. I get that. I understand that. But when you're on a site with unchristian women and one of them says something and you get 50 other of them all bashing your husband, I don't find it productive. They didn't find it supportive. And being a Christian, I had to go back to the scriptures that when God says, you know, I give you power in your tongue to speak life and death. I wanted to share what I was experienced, but I wanted others to come along and pray with me. I didn't need other people. I didn't need 50 other women agreeing with me about what a jerk my husband was. I already knew that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have to be convinced. I needed somebody to help get us through that. Um, so with my Aspie and me, we want the women, and we didn't want it to be separated. My husband was in some men's support group, and this is what I found interesting. The men did not have the same hostility towards their women as the women had towards the men. Wow. They were able to say, this is my issue, please help me, and others would brainstorm with them. I ended up having more compassion for the Aspie men's group than I did for the women's group. So when we got together and talked about that, I told um, Hooper, I said, let's try it with a prayer support group and we just keep it co-ed. I want the men to understand that they're not being bashed, that we're going to offer them this you know, measure of understanding and respect. We just want to pray for the relationship. That made a difference. And we curtailed the venting. We want the women to come and state, honestly, what you're experiencing. And then we want to pray with you. The main focus of the group was what they call SAL. We wanted the women to feel supported. We want them to feel that they're getting assistance, that they're listened to and heard, that they're validated, and they get education because we will post articles that they can learn from. We just did not want the bashing. We wanted the women then to also understand that in being in an Aspie relationship, that ongoing traumatic relationship will wear a woman down to where she'll start to question her own identity, her own worth, and that she's powerless. And then we don't want her to slip into that victimization mentality. Elizabeth and I met, and we decided where we wanted to take this group. We wanted it to be God-centered. We want to rely on God's word. We want the women to feel like they have choices, that they do have an empowerment to them, that they are very valid, and we believe them. We know we can empathize with them, and that they have a Christ-given identity, that all women are given, even prior to being married and being mothers or grandmas, that God created us for a reason and a purpose, and that continues on. So we kind of keep the focus there as well as deal with the relational aspects or the non-relational aspects that happen within the group. So that is called My Aspie and Me. It is a Facebook group. It is not an open group. It's a closed group, right? So yeah. how would somebody get to where they could ask you to join the group? They look on Facebook for a group, My Aspie and Me, right? It's they send they can read, read a little bit about it, find out that it's a private group. They send a request. The request will pop up on, 
on our screen. Uh, Elizabeth is a co-admin with, with me. She'll get the request or I'll get the request. We do chat a little bit on a private message board with them. Mm -hmm. Just this is a comfortable fit. And uh, then we can approve them in. Okay. And then they get that support. So I would highly recommend, I think in cases like this where you're dealing something with something like Asperger's, you, it's different enough that you need a support group around you of people that understand. Absolutely. Yeah. So now one more thing we didn't, this definitely affects parenting. The Asperger's parent is going to have some struggles with, with parenting with the children. What are some of the struggles that you would know? A couple of the struggles that I could say is once the children get old enough and they understand, they tend to not want to be out in the public with the Asperger parent because of the social awkwardness. They will not want to bring friends home because of the social piece also. And then also, too, if there's any type of rigid, rigidity with um, sights or sounds or anything like that, and having, you know, when you have young kids, they're not, they're very, they can tend to be very giddy and very loud. And uh, so if you can't have that in your home, then it's, it can be very stifling to the kids. Also, the communication obviously is a big piece is another piece that's very complex with the kids because they're young and, and they, they don't understand. And a lot of times when they, when the Asperger parent is speaking to them, it's, it's way over their head. It's, it's not a normal conversation. They don't understand what they're saying. Those are a couple of things. Another thing I would say that I really had to hone in on was once they got into school was not, having the Asperger parent be as involved in the schoolwork or school projects because a school project, although it could be an A plus and perfect, took a lot of time to get there. The kids didn't have the attention span for that or the understanding because it goes into sometimes the social or not the social piece. It goes into the scientific part of it if they're doing a project yeah and then you hear you have here that there is a lack of warmth empathy care mm -hmm. rarely complimented even if they do yeah. their best it's not good enough and then you have here the child is not seen and not heard and doesn't matter is that because yeah. the asperger's parent doesn't understand a child Yes, I honestly think because of their intellect that they they don't and they can't grasp when they're older, like probably 10 and up, then they can start to have conversations with them. But before that, they really just don't understand. They don't understand kids, even though they were actually a kid once themselves. Even though they do love and care for their children, they can't express it. It's not expressive with them and it falls into their, their communication. And how does a child feel with this parent? In I'm like in terms of their own emotional state, how are they reacting to a parent like that? Is a child feeling rejected? Does a child feel loved? Does a child feel criticized, put down, distant? I mean, what is what are some of the things you've noticed? Well, I'll just tell you because I have I have three kids, and all three have different reactions and different things with the Asperger parent. So one is I would call the favored child. Mm -hmm. um, basically, they don't do, can't do anything wrong, even if they do. The middle child tends to feel very rejected, can't do enough, very rarely complimented at all, really doesn't desire to have a relationship with the Asperger parent. And then the last one is she is another, she tends to fall into the favoritism also too. And I think because maybe she's a daughter, I have definitely noticed a softening with her that I haven't seen with the boys, but there still is a lot of the aspects that he just doesn't grasp or get with her when it comes to emotion or emotional states. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So it does create a hardship for the child 
and then it creates a dynamic in the marriage where you're struggling with the child's pain and the spouse's actions and trying to figure out how to navigate that with your own so do I support the child? Is that betraying my husband and all that kind of stuff? That's very typical in yes. like a dysfunctional marriage. So, yes. well, what would be the one takeaway that you guys would offer to somebody listening who might be struggling in their marriage, trying to figure out what is it? What would your takeaway be? The one thing that I, the one thing that I share with women is that a lot of times they're receiving counselors will just lower your expectations. And that creates a depression for them because they feel like I've lowered it already so much there's nothing left for me. And I come along and I suggest adjust your expectations. Come to really educate yourself on what Asperger's is. And, and, a, and a primary example is I'll never get foreplay with my husband, but I will get romance. So if I adjust my expectations, I can take this romance and let it allow it to be the foreplay and then enjoy whenever time he allows for it to then, you know, be a sexual fulfillment. Um, You may not get the entire relationship with this man, but I truly believe and I have from experience of being a Christian woman, God will provide. He will find ways for your life to feel completed and fulfilled so that you're experiencing elements of happiness that your husband may not be able to give to you. This is what I offer to them. Look for the adjustments. Look for the support. Yeah, I like that because lowering your expectation is Mm. definitely depressing. I always say have realistic expectations for Uh, the reality of your situation. Because otherwise, if you have unrealistic expectations, if you expect somebody to be normal who cannot be normal, then your good hopes are going to be dashed continually. Adjust yeah. those expectations, as you're saying, to fit norm- fit what you are dealing with. And then you're not going to be constantly disappointed. You might even be surprised sometimes. <laughs> you will. You will. And may I, may I offer an example of that? One of the things when we first started therapy with therapists that we have, he told Kukuki, says, every day I want you to set your, your phone and I want you to take a moment to send a little love note or loving message to your wife and connect with her. And I shared that on the group, the first group that I was in, and the woman was going, well, if he can't do that on his own, if he can't do that from his heart, then it's meaningless to me. Mm. I was like, well, listen, anytime you remember to do that, I'm going to take that <laughs> because I'm worth receiving that. I'm worth having that. So many years later, he now does it from his heart. He's now searching out different ways to do that. He wants to please me with that. He gets, he's receiving a delight for himself that he's achieving this. You just have to be patient and allow for it to fall a different way. Allow for that procedure to take its course. And then Elizabeth, what was your one takeaway? Two takeaways that I would say is God in community. For me, I know God is utmost and first. I can cling to his words and his promises for everything that is lacking in my marriage. And then here on earth, I need to turn to community. I am constantly always preaching about community and we need community support group. We need support groups. We need women that will pray for and come alongside us. And I want to just give a small example of that possibly. In the Bible, I was reading today about Hebrews 11, the great hall of faith. And we can look in there, and not everybody has a name in the great hall of faith, but yet in God's eyes, they glorified him. He put them in Hebrews 11 for their faithfulness, for their constantly fixing and focusing their eyes on the Lord who meets all of our needs and will never leave us or forsake us. I want to thank you both for this interview today. I think it's going to be really helpful and some lights are going to go off in some women's minds who have just been confused. And so I'm going to encourage them to reach out to you both through my Aspie and me. 
Facebook group, know that they will get that community and that support that they need. So thank you again, both of you for coming. For those of you listening, I just would really appreciate you sharing this podcast with your friends if you found it interesting. And everybody, God bless. Thank you for listening to this interview on Change My Relationship. We hope you will subscribe to these podcasts and share them with your friends. Carla would love to hear from you. She welcomes ideas for future podcasts as well as your feedback on how the podcasts have helped your life and relationships. You can email her at carla at changemyrelationship.com. For more information on Change My Relationship and Carla Downing's ministry, including her books, studies, devotionals, podcasts, and YouTube videos, visit changemyrelationship.com.